Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Up next, we're calling up the talents of Alex Catalano from the Inner Sanctum to the overnight crowd to talk round three of AFLW action. G'day, Alex. G'day, Peter. Good to be back and keen to chat some footy. Thank you for the time once again, mate. Uh, let's start it off with Collingwood eking out their win over Geelong. Uh, at 11 points, it was in the end there. The Pies, uh, second straight week without their co-captain, but they regained Chloe Malloy. The goal's drying up in the second half as the Cats, uh, well, for the Cats, as the Pies just pulled away to remain perfect in 2022. Yeah, it was a very tough and contested game. They've brought that every week so far. The Cats can't fault them for effort, despite still uh, being winless. But yeah, you're right. The, the addition of Chloe Malloy, um, those goals from her really did make the difference at the end. You can't replace the, the star players at the end of the day. It's just uh, that extra look at quality she adds. But kudos to the Cats. I did uh, get down to Geelong for this game and I got to see the the faithful come out and they do get around their girls. I'll, I'll give them that. They're, they're pretty, pretty strong supporters. Uh, we talked last week of the Cats' honourable losses and it feels like with how close they kept the pies all day, this one might go down as another. Yeah, it was. Well, right down to the wire, really, until the, the very end. And I thought they were a chance in that last quarter. Um, but, yeah, they, they did hold them off the pies. And re- really credit to them in that it's some of their younger players that are coming through. As we said, Malloy, we know what she can do. But we're seeing the rise of the likes of Michaela Can in the, the place of Bree Davey, who she was outstanding with her, her tackling pressure and her, her hardness at the footy throughout this game. Eliza James, she's starting to sort of really come to life in this Pies team too. She kicked a goal. So I think we're going to see this throughout the year, Heater, is that even though some of these high-placed teams are losing players, they've got the youngsters to yeah. come in, and even if it takes them a week or two, they're, they're getting right into it. The depth is there. I was just about to ask, on the other hand of things for the Pies, you know, we spoke of the honourable losses for the Cats. Uh, there's some concerns from what I've been reading about the game, uh, about their uh, lack of killer instinct uh, of putting teams away, despite the fact that they're still perfect for the season so far, the Pies. It was a bit of an issue of theirs last year as well. They are a very defensively-minded team, and their forward line probably hasn't been as up to scratch. And you can probably see it from how they play. They've got that dominance out of the middle. Even without Bree Davy and Steph Kiocci, you've still got the likes of Jamie Lambert and Britt Benici in there. But, yeah, it is probably an issue where the goals are coming from. I think of those top four undefeated sides, the uh, Pies averaging the lowest score of the bunch of them. So we're going to see how it holds up this weekend against your mob. Peter, very, very keen to see how that goes down. Uh, Adelaide versus West Coast, both clubs without their captains. Uh, the Crows pull away in the third quarter to join that quartet of unbeaten teams for 2022. The Eagles' defence, uh, they deserve a bit of a pat on the back. They kept Ash Woodland to just two goals in this match. Just two goals, yeah, after she's kicked four goals <laughs> and across two of her first games. Yeah, you've got to say that's an achievement. But 
oh, look, I think it was always going to sort of end this way. And I'll, I'll give you a fun fact here, Heater. I was off this margin by one point oh. for this game. I gave margins for a couple of games on Saturday. And Stevie Lee Thompson kicked a point in the dying second of the game as well. So wasn't too thrilled about that one. But no, personal. it is yeah. <laughs> just like the, the Pies. The Crows are also blooding these young players um, throughout the year as well. We've seen three debuts in the three first weeks. Jazzy Simmons in the first round, and now um, Abby Ballard came in this week, and she had a, a decent impact too. Tia Charlton's also coming along nicely after a solid year last year. So I'm, I'm scared of what this, this Crows team is going to do across the year, and they're back at home um, this week as well. So it's it's getting a bit scary over in South Australia. <laughs> Uh, the Eagles were more in the news last week for reasons outside of the players' control in that it had nothing to do with them, really, the jersey and then the coach's comments about pride. Uh, a bit of that frustration maybe spilled out in the third term where the Crows ran away, a missed set shot, and then a free kick in the goal square. Really costly stuff. Mm, yeah, the off-field stuff's really hard for West Coast at the moment. Like This is also their second week on the road now as well. I was in a press conference with Eloise Jones from the Crows today and I, I asked her, did she get a chance to chat to any of the Eagles girls after the game and, you know, ask them how they've sort of been dealing with uh, everything that's been going on. And she said, you know, they were pretty high-spirited and despite losing by a pretty solid margin, they, they were keeping their heads held up high. I mean, there's still players from this side that can do that. I mean, a couple of the, the defenders, like we said, they, they battled valiantly, but... Really, it was always going to be a struggle this week. Um, I will say, um, out of the the players, uh, she's had a really strong start to the season in terms of her her work around the ground. But I thought Paris Laurie got beaten pretty um, completely by Montana McKinnon in the ruck. Considering the Crows have struggled with their ruck over the past uh, year or so, and it was looking a bit shaky without Ree Metcalf there, uh, she did a great job in this game, McKinnon. So credit to her. But, you know, the, they'll. it's going to be hard for them mm. bouncing back this week and for the rest of the year, really, when they don't know when they're actually going to be able to get back home. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it, mate? Uh, the Demons uh, got past the Saints. It was very even for three quarters. In fact, it completely even for the first three quarters. And I admit, I had to, uh, following this one, I had to check the score from a different couple of different <laughs> sources to see if, yep, that was the Demons kicking 6-5-41 in the last quarter to win by that very same margin. Yeah, it was a it was an amazing last quarter from the D's. Like that was seriously flexing their muscles type stuff, showing off the absolute power of their midfield group. And I think I talked about it last week how many contributors they had through the middle, and they did it again this week. I wouldn't say I can choose one of them through there as a standout because they all stood up. Megan Fitzsimon this week probably as well really impressed me moving between sort of half forward. Um, and in the midfield, she had 11 touches, kicked a goal. But, you know, the, the usual suspects were all up to it. As always, Tyler Hanks, she was fantastic. Eliza McNamara, Karen Paxman doing what she does best. I don't know how you stop uh, this D's midfield group at the moment, Hater. There's not many that can match up against them. No, they uh, run very deep, as you were saying before. Uh, if anyone, you know, does not make it into the team or moves aside, there's uh, someone coming not too far behind them to uh, be as good, if uh, not better, to uh, take the most of the opportunity so far with teams like the Demons. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it was. The first three quarters for the Saints, really, really valiant stuff. Um, probably the, the best footy they've played this year so far. It was sort of similar to how I think Geelong has been playing, where they have been going really hard at it. And, you know, they're, they're not giving these really strong sides a lot of space to work with. But obviously with a team that is still missing key contributors, it was always going to fade out late. 
Um, but kudos has to go to uh, Tani White as well. 12 tackles in this game, which is just ridiculous. She's seriously picked up to a whole other level as an inside midfielder this year. Uh, the Demons are another of the teams that are unbeaten to start the season. How do we mark the Saints' first three quarters as they stayed neck and neck with one of the flag favourites as the Saints still chase their first win? Yeah, like I said, I think it's positives for them. Um, their defensive group as well, I thought, was really strong those first three quarters. They uh, gave up a couple of goals and it started to flow later on with Taylor Harris just starting to get her marking going, which would have been a huge highlight for Dee's fans out of this game. But the likes of Bianca Jacobson, she had the ball in her hands heaps down back. Um, Kat Phillips was getting a fair run at it along the wing. Um, and then you had, of course, throughout the midfield and continuing that role, she sort of moved higher up into Tilly Lucas-Rod as well. But they are lacking that big key defender. You could just see it when Harris started getting a run on and getting all that space in the air. That It's really what let them down in the end. And that, coupled with the, the midfield depth looking shaky, uh, is probably going to see more results like this. But I think you take those first three quarters if you're a Saints supporter and you say, you know, we can do it and we can come up against some of the better sides for, for three quarters of a game. More on the Saints' uh, chase for their first win when we look ahead to the upcoming round. As the Dockers overcome the Tigers in a similar fashion to the Demons' win, uh, the Dockers locked the ball in their forward 50 in the last quarter and then they got the chance to kick away in the five-goal win over the Tigers. Oh, this was amazing. This was uh, the highest combined score in an AFLW game yet between these two sides. 47-77 to 77 the scoreline at the end of the day, but... Jeez, you'd have to be happy with how your doctors are rolling along at the moment, Hita, because this is just a force of a side that they all play for each other. They all know their role. They all play their role. And a couple of players that had some special moments in this game too. I'm sure you saw the likes of uh, Ev Antonio's goal, which was just freakish, just absolutely freakish stuff. Um, and Roxy Rue got a chance to launch a huge bomb from outside 50 as well. It's uh, this team. I don't know what to say about your girls at the moment, Heater, other than I'm just blown away by watching them play every time. Well, it's just, it's it's so impressive. And I mean, it was across a lot of the WA teams and their performances over the weekend to have the news that they found out on Thursday night. And it would have been pretty late for them over on the East Coast that they found out because it was 7.30 in WA. So it was 10.30 over on the East Coast. They found out, hey, if you do come home, you're probably going to be, you know, sitting at home for three weeks while you wait to uh, be able to get out. So go out and perform in the way that the majority of them did was just, yeah, so impressive. But the Fremantle Dockers AFLW team have been that level for a couple of years. But I actually think that the AFL men's team actually take inspiration from the women's side performances, to be honest, because they do play for each other. They're around each other as a group. Uh, Trent Cooper as a coach, I think, just does an amazing job. And yeah, they're how they just kept on persevering on the road. That's not something that is a trait of the AFL men's side for the Dockers. So it's something that's built within that group uh, that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And like, if, you, if you're a, if you're an inside midfielder and you're not basing your game off Kiara Bowers, then you <laughs> right. better start doing it right now. She was 28 touches and 16 tackles. I don't even like. I don't even think I should read out her tackle count anymore because you know it's going to be in double figures. Uh, after she's played a, a game of her life. But no, Hayley Miller as well, she's got to be in all-Australian form at this point. She is just rolling on and loving the captaincy. Gemma Houghton, another two goals in this game. Um, but yeah, it was a great weekend for the WA teams. The Wildcats, the Glory Scorchers, all picking up uh, important wins for their season as well. So 
it's uh, you'd have to be pretty proud of your home state at the moment. Yeah, going okay. Uh, it's about all we can <laughs> hold on to for the minute. Uh, we'll uh, move on to the last match for the round. Uh, the Giants uh, took about a half off in a way, didn't they? Down 35 points to the Kangaroos at that point. They were able to peg it back to 27 points in the second half, but the Roos pretty untroubled in this one. Yeah, the first three quarters was just total domination by North Melbourne. Uh, I was at this game covering this one from the media box, so really good view of the, the whole ground. And it really concerned me sort of how the Giants structure up ahead of the footy from watching this game. Um, it's it's very much when they're playing against a team of the quality of North Melbourne, It's you could see that sort of fear of getting all the numbers behind the footy. And when they did even have the chance to, to force a stoppage and start getting the ball heading forward their way again, it still wasn't really going to anyone in particular. Um, and I think I've talked about this before in the Giants forward structure needs a lot of work. And I definitely was convinced about that once again after this week. That's yeah. uh, certainly the way to go. And uh, another sapping contest played in some real heat. I guess it's just another downside of the timing of the season, isn't it? There was a heap of matches across the weekend with Melbourne uh, going through a bit of a uh, heat wave. Yeah, it was interesting as well. Like, I'm not sure what the AFLW's regulations are around um, games. I know they've got access to ice packs and things like that. But I know in leagues like the the A-League women, which has also played across summer and the the men's competition as well, they can't play games before a certain time in the day um, just for, for the safety of the players. So I don't know if it's time to start implementing something like that in the AFLW. Um, I guess the issue being that we do have seven games a weekend and you need to fit them all in somewhere, but maybe we need to see a move to more Thursday night footy so we can play more games at night time. Uh, I'm not sure. It's I guess we didn't talk about it in the Richmond Freo game, but another ACL as well this week with Harriet Cordner going down too. So I'm not sure what the solution is, but maybe there needs to be yeah a little bit of a look at how we're playing out the season. Uh, Brisbane versus Carlton coming up on Tuesday. We've had some team news for the match today with uh, both teams making changes. We have. Well, I'm going to speak from the heart here for a minute, Peter, <laughs> because talking about the AFLW, I haven't had a chance to, to spill out my, my diehard uh, bomber side yet, but there's a young lady by the name of Ruby Svark who is making her debut for the Lions. She is a born and bred bomber, plays for the Essendon VSLW team, and came back again last year when uh, the season finished. And I couldn't be happier for her to, to get a run in this side. She's a, a zippy little winger, as she's been described in articles before. She loves to take a running bounce. Last time I saw her play, I reckon I saw her take about eight of them all up in a game. Uh, she's going to be one to watch, and I hope she really, really excites this weekend. That's great, mate. Uh, love hearing that as well. Uh, before we move on to the matches coming up from round four and uh, some of the changes there, you went and checked out a NAB League game. Uh, how's the future of the game looking? Well, I tell you what, there's some very, very exciting prospects uh, out of the NAB League at the moment. The game I got down to was the Eastern Rangers taking on the call to Cannons. I uh, got a good look at a couple of players uh, from the Rangers, especially who I'm really, really impressed with. Uh, Alicia Pisano is one to watch, not even for this year, but for next year. She's been playing against the, the under-18 side since she was 15, hmm. uh, which is is pretty bloody impressive. Uh, she kicked one goal three on the weekend, but she got herself into some excellent positions. Uh, she's a really, really smart small forward, can play up along the wing, 
uh, not even eligible to be drafted until next year, but she's going to be one to watch for the future. Uh, and the other one out of the range is Bridget Deed, uh, their fearless leader, got named captain just a couple of weeks ago. And she started life off as a leader really nicely. 36 touches, seven tackles, four inside 50. She kicked a goal as well. She's just relentless throughout the midfield. I can definitely see her being on draft radars uh, come the season. But there's some other outstanding performances. Now, I'm just going to read this stat line out to Heater. And I'd never heard of this girl before. This was the first time I'd read about this player. She came out of nowhere. Her name is Zali Goldsworthy, and she plays for the Murray Bush Rangers. In this game, she had 33 disposals, 10 inside 50s, and she kicked four goals. Okay. <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen too many stat lines like that before. I reckon Nick Dacos might have had a couple of those yeah. last year, but that's pretty impressive, I've got to say. Yeah, that's uh, some pretty good stats. You know, you've uh, had a day out and, uh, yeah, got a few. That's for sure. Uh, you'd be feeling pretty good about your game after that, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so lots to look forward to for the future in the draft this year. Out of the Danny Stingrays as well, Amber Clark, 23 touches, seven inside 50s, and five goals as well. I don't know what they're feeding them wow. in the NAB League this year. <laughs> Something Something's going on. More goals, the better, uh, I say, Alex. Uh, an update today for round four of the AFLW and two uh, additional matches in round five, which sees the round 10 clash between the Bulldogs and Dockers uh, move to Feb 1st, as has the round six clash of the Pies versus the Eagles. Yeah, it's interesting. It looks like uh, the fixtures trying to get a lot of these WA games done nice and quickly and move them out of the way, which makes the fixture a little bit harder for those teams once again. Um, the Eagles are going to be playing two games across four days or five days, something like that. So it's going to be it's going to be hard for them. The Bulldogs are going to be facing something very similar as well. But I guess we always sort of knew this was going to happen with the, the game postponements. It's it's kind of inev- inevitable, but it's going to be interesting how they do face up against it because I think I said it last week, but we've never really faced anything like this in the AFLW before. So it's going to test some depth of a few teams. Well, turning to round four, let's see how your crystal ball is going as uh, Thursday night footy is back. Two unbeaten teams are lining each other up in the Pies and the Dockers. It's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, hopefully this fixture still looks the same by the time we actually get right. to the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Collingwood and Freo, yeah, I've probably been more impressed by by Freo so far. So I will back your girls in in this game. Um, Heaters, they've just got that edge, I think, over the rest of the competition at the moment. I can't wait to see them play the likes of Adelaide and Melbourne later on in the year. Uh, GWS Giants uh, versus the Western Bulldogs. And the Giants will be looking to bury last week's wake-up call. But we all might, might also see a little bit of rust from the Bulldogs who haven't been out of play since round one. Yeah, it's going to be really tough for them. And we still don't really know what their, their side's going to look like. From the sounds that they've got all but one player, I believe it was, uh, out of COVID protocols now. So they should have uh, most of the team available. But I, I think we remember back to the start of the year and they had a lot of their first-choice defenders injured anyway. I think I will just go the Giants here just for getting back at home, and I think they'll probably aim to fix a lot of what's been going wrong the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Saints and the West Coast Eagles, this was a match I alluded to earlier. The big chance for both teams have been waiting for to get their first win of the season. Uh, I think this will go the Eagles' way. Oof. Only just. I've got, right. I've got these two teams, I don't know, very similar sort of quality, but... I've seen a little bit more out of the Eagles, despite what I said that game against Melbourne <laughs> last week or this weekend for for the Saints. I think the Eagles will get it done here.
All righty. So uh, another team, uh, game of unbeaten teams, the Adelaide Crows versus Melbourne. And in the one week, we're going to cut our unbeaten teams in half as the Crows and the Demons both unbothered this season so far. Battle it out. Oh, this is a very, very tough one to pick here. I'm going to say being at home at Norwood Oval, uh, the Crows looked very, very impressed against North Melbourne there a couple of weekends ago. So I think they'll get it done. But this will be one of the games of the year, no doubt about it. The Brisbane Lions versus the Geelong Cats. And, well, with the Lions, as we said, with the Bulldogs, back into footy for the first time since round one. So big chance of Russ, and the Cats might turn one of those hardy losses into a win. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have a difficult fixture too, the Lions, with playing this game against Carlton as well uh, tomorrow, actually. So they're going to have two games across five days too. So it's going to be tough for them, considering they're, they're out still. They're going to see who stands up tomorrow night. Pending that, I'll say the Lions, um, but wouldn't be shocked if the the Cats managed to tip a little upset here. And uh, Carlton v the Kangaroos. The uh, Roos are where the uh, Blues want to be. Could we see a swapping of the status quo between the two uh, coming up? Ooh, I think I'll back North Melbourne in here. That was just yeah. comprehensive for me uh, across this weekend. They're looking like they've found their feet and they, they want to be a top six team again, the Roos. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns versus Richmond, and same as above, the Suns inside the top six. The Tigers want to be there. Who walks away the winner? This is going to be another good game. Uh, the Suns, they've got those little intangibles, I think, about them, where they do have that that very strong spirit, and they don't want to fade out of games. But the Tigers have shown a lot of quality. But as I said, like the Lions, they're now going to be down two key pillars forward and back with Cordner out, Courtney Wakefield still out. Katie Brennan stood up really, really well against the Dockers, but she can't do it all by herself. There's not a whole lot of height uh, being offered in that forward line. So I think on the travel up, I'm going to go to Suns just, but (laughs) this one could genuinely go either way. I I will probably change this tip before the game actually gets here. (laughs) And just quickly, the Netball Quad Series wrapped last week with the Diamonds powering home in the fourth quarter to win the tournament over England. Yeah, they did fantastically, the Diamonds. I thought it got to the three-quarter time break, and I was very, very nervous. I had no (laughs) fingernails left watching that game. But credit to the Diamonds girls. They absolutely pulled it out uh, and played possibly some of the best international netball uh, I've ever seen this team play. We've solidified ourselves as the best in the world once again. uh, And Gretel Boetta, very, very... uh, accordingly won the player of the series award she was absolutely outstanding throughout the whole final and her shooting uh has not not dropped a level at all she was fantastic this year in the super netball on return after giving birth to her son bobby who also made an appearance at the quad series final which was very very sweet to see but um she was she was absolutely unreal well deserved i did think it was a bit unfair on our defenders who battled so hard throughout the whole series to get overlooked, but really couldn't overlook uh, Boetta for just how fantastically her scoring kept us in that game. Well, England pushed the Diamonds to a draw of the match before, and yeah, across those first three quarters of the final, you could see England believing it. They were drinking it. They were thought, oh, you know, we've got our chance to take a massive scalp here. And on the back of that, is there a feeling that the Roses uh, have closed or are closing the gap on the front runners for so long, the Diamonds? Well, there definitely is. It was, I think I said last week that, you know, the, the Kiwis had sort of been our, our biggest uh, enemies and the ones that sort of had our number. But, yeah, the Roses are, are kind of looking like they're claiming that. And especially with the Commonwealth Games, it's going to be on home turf for them as well. They'll be very, very confident with that. 
Um, there was some interesting last quarter substitutions for them, which I think at the end of the game, you'd maybe look back on it and say, why did we do that one? Because you look at England scoring and they had a four and a six minute gap between goals, which uh, considering the fact that they did bring George Fisher on uh, when she hadn't been playing all game, you got to wonder whether you, you'd break that connection between the midcourt and the, the shooting circle so late when it had been working throughout the game. So, uh, probably those little tweaks for England to just stay in those games and keep the winning combinations on court, especially against such a strong team like the Diamonds. Yeah, that was a question one. I know that to throw everything, you know, caution to the to the breeze and all of that to uh, try and get back in the game. But yeah, just to disrupt the connection that they'd had that uh, the Aussies were in their forward half that the Aussies really struggled with uh, in the first half at the very least. And they were sort of swapping their uh, defence and goalkeeper out as well. So you know, had had the upper hand a little bit. But, yeah, they swapped it out, and from there, uh, the Aussies sort of uh, kept on running away with it. Yeah, definitely. And on the, uh, yeah, the defensive circle as well, I did get a chance to ask Stacey Marinkfish after the game uh, who she sort of thought worked best because, yeah, she did use Sarah Cloud, Courtney Bruce, Joe Weston all through there. She was pretty happy with all the combinations in defence. So I think we're going to see... Uh, basically all of them being used across the, the Commonwealth Games as well. But it's a good chance now. Everyone's got their domestic seasons coming up. So very, very keen. It's, what is it now, two months away for the Super Netball season and the the uh, UK Super League starts up in two weeks. So plenty of netball coming our way very, very soon. Alex, thanks so much for the time once again, mate. We'll uh, continue to follow your work at the Inner Sanctum. Appreciate it, Heather, and thanks for the chat as always. That's Alex Catalano, part of the team at Inner Sanctum, and he's uh, joined us to run through all of the AFLW action from the weekend. Well, uh, bar one game, as well. we do have Brisbane v Carlton coming up for your Tuesday, and then some changes to the upcoming fixture as well uh, of round four of AFLW and two additional uh, matches for round five. So the uh, round 10 clash between the Bulldogs and the Dockers has been moved to the 1st of February, as has the round six clash of the Pies versus the Eagles. That's just to give both WA teams a little bit more flexibility down the line with uh, the border ongoing and unknown at this point. But what a great weekend of football, and it continues into Tuesday with Brisbane v Carlton. So from Tuesday, you only have to wait till the Thursday when the Dockers and the Pies will open up round four of AFLW action before the Giants take on the Bulldogs. The Saints and the Eagles both looking for their first win for 2022. Battle it out on Friday afternoon. Uh, later on, the Demons take on the Crows, two unbeaten teams. So as we are saying to Alex just there, both uh, we've got four unbeaten teams in the AFLW at the moment. After this weekend, upcoming, we'll only have two left in the competition. The Lions playing a couple of a couple of games in a couple of days. Also have the Cats on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Blues take on the Kangaroos in another tight contest on Sunday. And the Suns meet the Tigers, which will uh, decide just who slips into the top, into the bottom half of the top six in the AFLW competition. If you caught any of the action across the weekend, let us know your thoughts. 0433-98-1116. It is the Overnight Crowd on SEN. Paul Heater Heath with you. We'll be right back just after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.